Good morning. Hope you're enjoying this nice weather. And the kids had an awesome time these last two weeks. Thanks for all those who helped out and our volunteers. They really did an awesome job and so much sacrifice and labor. And thanks to uh, Pastor Verna and Allison, who was our camp director. So much uh, work went into these last couple of weeks. And so we're so grateful for all that contributed towards that. Now, we're in a series on the fruit of the Spirit, and so we did love, joy, and last week was peace, and so this week is patience. Do you know that patience is the best topic to preach on? (laughs) Hands down. Do you know why? Because I could go on and on and on, and it's 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 just helping you to grow in patience. Right? And so, you know, you'll, you'll develop patience this morning. So it's, it's a very actionable lesson as I just continue to preach, right? That you'll be developing patience. So that's why it's a really good topic to preach on. But let's pray before we go on. Lord, thank you, O oh God, for this time in your presence. And so we pray, Lord, that you would help us to learn from your word. Thank you, Lord, for <clears throat> your Holy Spirit working in us and producing in us this, these fruits as we've been studying. So thank you, Lord, for your presence with us this morning to help us as well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we looked at some of these fruits already, and as uh, John mentioned last week, these fruits really don't grow by themselves individually or in, uh, on their own, but they grow together. So you'll see some overlap between some things. For example, even with patience, you might see some overlap when we look at faithfulness or, or perseverance because there's some things that go together. Even with patience and love, there's some overlap, overlap. When we look at kindness and goodness, there's a little bit of overlap that's there because these fruits are growing together. They complement one another. So back to our, th- our theme verse in Galatians chapter 5 in verse 22 and 23, but the fruit of the Spirit Uh, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So the question first is, what in the world is patience? What is the definition of patience? Well, Webster's Dictionary defines patience as bearing pains or trials calmly or without complaint. Can we check that off? Not hasty or impetuous. Hmm, that's a little tough. Steadfast despite opposition, difficulty, or adversity. Able or willing to bear. Some of those things are really tough, right, when you think about patience. Now, uh, the, uh, the Greek word that's actually used for patience is a word that is called markathumia. Okay, markathumia. It comes from, from two Greek words, one called markos, which means long, and thumos, which means temper, wrath, indignation, right? So someone who is long-tempered, someone who is able to forbear, someone that's able to have some long-suffering. Now, this word, markathumia, is actually mentioned in the, in the New Testament 14 different times, but the interesting thing here is that this word, markathumia, is actually not found or used much in the classical Greek. It's used seldom, very few times later on in Greek, but in the classical Greek, it's not really used that much. So this word, markathumia, is actually a very biblical word. And the reason why you don't find it so much in classical Greek is because this is really a Christian virtue. 
uh, it didn't really relate to the Greek culture so much. It, it describes a, a steadfast spirit that doesn't give in. It describes an attitude that we should have. John Christostomon, who was an early church father, he said, he defined this word, markathumia, as the spirit which could take revenge if it liked, but utterly refuses to do so. It's really opposite to what Greek virtue was or what Greeks wanted actually to do at the time. Aristotle defined Greek virtue as megalostochia, which is defined as the refusal to tolerate any insult or injury. So in Greek culture, it was, I'm going to take revenge. In Greek culture, I'm not going to have patience with somebody. I'm not going to forbear with somebody. I'm not going to suffer long with somebody. But if something happens, what am I going to do? I'm going to take rent. So this word really isn't found in, in classical Greek, and that's why it's a very biblical, very Christian word, because it really relates to a Christian virtue and to something that God really wanted to develop in us. Tertullian, who's also an early church father, he said, to put it in a nutshell, every sin is traced back to impatience, Right? Every sin is traced back to impatience. That's, that's quite, quite interesting. So I'm going to give you two different definitions because I want to actually deal with this in sort of a uh, two-edged sword, let's call it, okay? So just two different things. And Christopher Wright, who's a theologian, he describes patience in these two ways. The first way, and you'll see this in your notes, you'll see that when I talk about developing patience later on in your notes, you'll see two different things, point A and point B. So these two definitions match up with point A and point B. So the first one, is, he says, the ability to put up with weaknesses and foibles of others, including other believers, and show forbearance towards them without getting quickly irritated or angry enough to want to fight back. Right? That's how he defined one aspect. And this is the interaction that we have with others, having patience towards other people. This could be to your husband, to your wife, brothers and sisters, people in your family, uh, friends, coworkers, right? The second way he, he defines Patience is through life in life situations. The ability to endure for a long time whatever opposition and suffering may come our way and to show perseverance without wanting retaliation or revenge. So when life situations come at us, sufferings, difficulties, trials, problems that we all go through, sicknesses, loss of job, difficulties in the families and, and problems that we face, then to be able to be patient is a Christian virtue to be able to be patient as we are passing through the trials of life um, is a virtue. Now, another person defined it, if you don't like all these big definitions, another person defined it simply as this, the will to wait, okay? The will to wait, right? To be able to say, I'm going to wait, right? But if we really want a good definition of patience, if we really want to understand what patience is all about, we actually have to look at patience with respect to God. Because even though I gave these other definitions, patience is actually defined by the nature and character of God, right? Patience is a quality and a characteristic of God. God's patience, God's forbearance, God's long-suffering towards humanity is the basis and reason for us showing patience towards others. So if we want to understand patience, we first have to see it as a characteristic of God and, and how he displays patience, how his character is, is patient. And that way we can really understand what patience really is. 
in Exodus chapter 34, it says, and he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming, this is when God was revealing himself to Moses, the, the character of God, the glory of God, the nature of God. And it says here, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God. And here it says, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love for thousands and forgiving wickedness and rebellion and sin. In Psalm 103, verses 8 to 10, it also talks about how he is slow to anger and abounding in love. This character of God being slow to anger, right, is God's patience towards us. And it's so important because it's connected with salvation. It's so important because it's connected with the forgiveness of our sins. It's so important because it deals with our life being able to have eternal life with God. It's such an important characteristic because of its connection to salvation and to forgiveness. Because we have failed the Lord so many times, time and time again, and yet God continues to have patience with us, right? Anyone here, has God had patience with you? Right? I think we can all agree, right? Right? He continues to show patience. But how many times we don't have patience with other people? One thing, oh, forget it, I'm cutting you off. I don't want to deal with you anymore, right? Maybe two or three times, right? But the word of God says that God shows us patience. In Romans chapter 2, verse 4, don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? Now, we're going to look at kindness next week. But here it talks about how God is patient with us. And because of his patience, he extends towards us the forgiveness of sin. In God's patience, he waits in kindness. And he's patient to help us to turn away from sin. Romans chapter 9 and verse 22 says, In the same way, even though God has the right to show his anger and his, and his power, he is very patient on those on whom his anger falls. Now, if you look back in the Old Testament and you see an example of a man named Jonah, Jonah had a very interesting life and God came to Jonah one day and he said, Jonah, I want you to go to the city of Nineveh and I want you to preach to them so that they repent from their wickedness and turn to me. This is a very unique situation because you don't see this very many times in the Old Testament where God sends a message to a heathen land. Most of the time, God is sending messages to Israel for them to repent. Very few times we see God actually sending one of Israel's prophets to a, a, a nation outside of Israel to preach to them to repent. So here, God gives Jonah this message, and Jonah, knowing that God is patient, what does he do? I don't want to go there. God, because if I go there, I know what's going to happen. I'm going to go there, and I'm going to preach this fire and brimstone message. God is going to judge you because you are doing this and that unless you repent. But I know that God is merciful, and he is patient. And then God what will happen is that they'll repent and you'll be patient and you'll forgive and then I will look like the false prophet. And so he decided to run away, right? Even as he ran away from God and did not want to do what God told him to do, God was still patient with Jonah. Can you just see how God just overflows with patience to this heathen nation to this nation that that was not part of israel at all god sent his word and even to jonah his own prophet when he was being disobedient god was patient with jonah we look back at the example of noah 
The Bible says that how God wanted to destroy the whole, whole earth. But he patiently waited because it took Noah 120 years to build that ark, right? It says in 1 Peter 3 and verse 20, God waited patiently while Noah was building his boat. Only eight people were saved from drowning in that terrible flood. So we see how God was being patient. It's for us as well how God displays this beautiful characteristic. And it's so important because it's connected to salvation and forgiveness. Where would we be if God were not patient? Where would we be if God did not extend his patience towards us? Second Peter chapter three and verse nine says, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise as some people think. How many here you think God is being slow? God, why can you answer this, this thing, this prayer request, this healing, this job provision, this thing in my family? Lord, you're being slow. Well, this is what it says here. If you're thinking like that, it says right here, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise as some people think. And this is talking about the return of the Lord as well. No, he is being patient for your sake. It's interesting, the, word, the words that are used here. He is being patient for your sake, for my sake. He is being patient. Why? Because he does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. This is the beauty of God's patience and how it's connected to salvation and the forgiveness of our sins. When Jesus came here on this earth, he also displayed this patience. He was never running about trying to finish this and that and others like how we live in such a fast-paced society. Even one time when Jesus heard that his friend Lazarus was sick, what did Jesus do? He camped out. He waited for a couple of more days until he knew Lazarus was really dead and gone. And then he said, okay, fine, I'm going to make a move, right? The greatest example of patience. Do you know what the greatest example of patience is in the word of God? It's Jesus on Calvary. Jesus on Calvary, hanging there, dying on the cross for your sins and my sins. He didn't have to, but he willingly laid down his life so that we could be forgiven of our sins. He suffered and died and shed his blood so that we could be forgiven. And he was there, and what was he doing? Patiently doing the will of God, right? He said, I could have called 12 legions of angels to come and take me down, but instead he just patiently waited. He patiently waited until he died. The greatest example of patience, I think, is seen in Calvary when the creator of the universe hung on the cross. He forgave instead of taking vengeance. He repaid good for evil. He showed love in the midst of such hate and patiently endured all the sufferings that were there. And Jesus promised that he would return. And he's patiently waiting until that day. We read about it in James 5 as we were doing the scripture reading. Scripture reading. He's patiently waiting. In, in 2 Peter 3 and verse 15, it says, And remember our Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. Jesus is still waiting. Why? Because there is a work to do. He is still patient today because there is a work to do. He is still patient because he wants all people to come to him to be saved. So you know what I'm going to talk about next? We're running an alpha program in the fall. We need some help. We need help for people to pray. We need help with so many different things as you can see on our slide here. But what did, but, but what did we say? Remember, remember our, Lord, our Lord's patience 
gives people time to be saved. There's a time and there's an opportunity. And for all of us, God gives us a time and an opportunity to experience the salvation. God's patience, this character of God that he is patient is so connected closely to his forgiveness and the salvation that we can experience that he waits and he waits and he's patient because he gives people time to be saved, people time to come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And I just want to encourage you as we are getting ready for our Alpha program starting near the end of September and beginning of October, um, do you remember this? If you don't, we have some extras on the welcome desk. But I hope you've listed out some people at the back that you're praying for and that you're thinking about who can you invite to come to Alpha. Imagine if everyone here in our church, if everyone in this room invited one person to come out to Alpha. Can you imagine if everyone here just invited one person to come and understand this truth that remember, our Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. He's waiting. He's patiently waiting. He's doing his part by waiting and giving us a time and an opportunity. Can we do our part now and maybe pray for someone? Maybe invite someone to come out? If everyone here invited one person, imagine the Lord's patience being expressed to them in his kindness and salvation, right? So please keep that, please keep that in, in your mind and in your hearts. It's such a beautiful characteristic. Look what Timothy said. Timothy, uh, sorry, Paul said in 1 Timothy, but God had mercy on me. Paul is saying God had mercy on me so that G- Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience, even with the worst sinners. Paul was saying, look, I'm a terrible sinner and God's patience is expressed in me because he brought salvation to my heart. And I can say for myself, God's patience is seen in me because God continues to forgive me and have patience with me and I mess up and I make mistake after mistake after mistake, but I thank God that he still has patience and patience and more patience. And his patience is extended towards the world because he wants people to be saved. So how can we develop this patience or how is this patience revealed in us? So there are two main areas as we saw in our definition. The first one, which I want to look at is patience is revealed in our forbearance and forgiveness of others. John Dewey said that, that the most useful virtue in the world is patience. We saw how beautiful uh, this character of patience is in God revealed through his salvation and forgiveness of our sins. And he's left us an example to follow that we need to diligently show patience to others as well in their faults, in their failings, and in their shortcomings. Ephesians 2, Ephesians 4 verse 2 says, be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. So Paul exhorts and he says, be patient one with another. You know, for the same number of people that you're thinking, oh man, I gotta have patience with this guy and this guy and this guy and this person. There's somebody else thinking the same thing about you. <laughs> oh, I gotta have patience with this person and this person and this. And that's why God commands us, be patient with each other. Be patient with each other. It's the fruit of the Spirit. That's why we need the help of the Holy Spirit. We need God's help so that this fruit of patience can be born in us. Rick Warren, who's a pastor of Saddleback Church in the States, he shares how when he was in college, um, he, uh, this, this person, uh, one of his uh, people in college, was giving him a really a hard time. And so he prayed and he asked the Lord's help so that he could love that person. And so he said, I'll, I'll read you what he said. He said, God help me to love this person tomorrow. Not forever, just help me to love him tomorrow. 
God, if this guy's irritating me is going to make me more like Christ, then make me like Christ. Teach me patience. If this guy's bugging me is going to make me more like you, I pray that tomorrow he'll irritate me more than I've been irritated before in my life. And so the next day came and, you know, he was going about with his classes and everything like that. And by dinner time, he had not seen this guy at all. And he thought, wow, I'm doing pretty well. I guess, you know, the Lord didn't really need to do much for me. But then as he got his meal to eat, this guy came and sat down beside him. He threw his plate down on the floor. The spaghetti spilled all over, all over Rick Warren and his, and his Coke spilled all over his pants. And he looked at him and he said that there was such a peace and a joy that filled his heart because he was ready. He was ready. And I think we need to pray like that as well. Lord, help me to show patience to others. Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 and 20, um, sorry, Matthew chapter 18, verse 26 says, I think it's wrong, actually. I think, I think I missed one. Yeah. 21 and 22, then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times. I think if we could get to seven, it'd be a pretty good accomplishment, don't you think? You know, I, really, honestly, you know, we talked about forgiveness with, with, in the, in when, we, when we talked about Joseph. Really, if we could just do one time, that would be an awesome accomplishment, right? But here Peter says, should I forgive, you know, seven times? And Jesus says, no, no, Peter, you got it all wrong, Peter. Not seven times. I really meant 70 times seven. So I really meant 490. Has anyone ever done something to you 490 times <laughs> that you need to forgive them that many times? But Jesus was really raising the standard here. I think this really requires patience. It really requires the help of the Holy Spirit in us that produces this fruit of patience in us. In the same chapter, Jesus went on to tell the parable of the unforgiving debtor. There was a person, he owed thousands of dollars to his master. And his master came to him and he said, pay up everything that you owe. And in verse 26, that man who owed so much, he fell down before his master and he begged. And he said, please be patient. With me, I'll pay you everything. The master felt compassion for this man and said, don't worry, I see that you're begging for patience, so don't worry, I forgive you. Slate clean, no problem. So that guy's skipping along thinking, oh, this is awesome, all my thousands of dollars is gone. Oh, but I could really use, you know, a snow cone or something because it's so hot. Oh, I see this guy, you know, who owes me some money. So he goes to this guy and he says, you owe me so much money, pay it back to me. And that fellow servant says, oh, please, what does he say? He says his fellow servant fell down before him and he begged him the same way this guy begged the master. The fellow servant is begging him and saying, be patient and I will pay it. But that man was impatient and he threw him in prison. And when the master came and found out and he said, I forgave so much of your debt. Could you not have done that for your fellow servant? I think one way in which we can remember to be patient and this fruit of patience can be born in our life is by having a heart of gratefulness to the Lord. By remembering how much God has forgiven us, by remembering how much God has done for us, by remembering what terrible sinners we are and how Jesus extended grace and mercy and kindness and favor towards us and was patient towards us. If we can remember that, then I think we can extend patience and forgiveness to others. Don't you think? I think one way in which patience can be developed in our, in our lives is through this. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 14, simple, simple one line here. It says, be patient with everyone. 
What does everyone mean? Everyone, right? Not just the ones that are good to you, not the ones that are patient with you, but also the ones that are irritable, the ones that you, lo- you, know, you lose your peace with, the ones that you're like pulling out your hair, the ones that are like, oh, I got to see them again. Yeah, you got to be patient with those people as well. You know, we live in such an instant, instant generation that we comment on everything right away. You see something on Facebook or you see something there and you comment right away. You come to conclusions right away about people. You hear some news like, oh, I can't believe this happened. And we come to these conclusions right away instead of actually being patient, right? Be slow to anger. That's a character of God. Patience is revealed in our forgiveness and forbearance of others. It's not easy and that's why we need the help of the Holy Spirit, Remember, just as we're trying to be patient with others, others are trying to be patient with us, right? Just as I'm trying to be patient with you, you're trying to be patient with Daniel, when is he going to finish, right? You're being patient with me, I'm being patient with you. We're all being patient with another because it says be patient with everyone. Margaret Thatcher said, I am extraordinarily patient, provided I get my own way in the end. (laughs) Don't be patient like that, right? First Peter chapter three and verse nine says, don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. This is what God has called you to do and he will grant you his blessing. We're gonna be talking about kindness next week and you can see that there's this overlap here with patience and kindness as we extend kindness to others as we are patient with them. How many times have we questioned God, doubted God, strayed away from God? How many times have we not had faith? Have we not trusted him and we've worried, but yet he continues to have patience with us? Can we not do the same with others as well? Remember how God has dealt with us and let's seek to emulate that with others. Remember how the Lord is slow to anger, right? James chapter one and verse 19 says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Be slow to anger. Have patience with others. Believe in the promises of God and have patience with others. Romans chapter 15 and verse 4 and 5 says, and the scriptures give us hope. The scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. May God who gives this patience and encouragement help you to live in complete harmony with each other as is fitting for followers of Christ Jesus. Right? So we take hope in the word of God. We take hope in the promises of God. We patiently wait to see the scriptures be fulfilled in our lives, right? It says here, and the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. And may God who gives this patience, what is this patience? The patience to wait for the scriptures to be fulfilled in our lives, right? May God who gives this patience and encouragement help you to live in harmony because as we wait for the scriptures to be fulfilled in us, we can have patience with others and live in harmony. Think about how long it's taken for some of the scriptures to be fulfilled. So you're thinking, okay, yes, God's gonna fulfill the scriptures in my life. I need it done tomorrow. You know, God took like a few thousand years to fulfill some promises and a promise that he's gonna return. It's, you know, it's been a couple thousand years and we're still waiting. One day with with or with the Lord is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like one day. So we're thinking we want it tomorrow. The Lord is thinking, yeah, I'm going to do it tomorrow, but that's really a thousand years from now. But yeah, I'm going to do it tomorrow, really. I am. Right? So we need to have patience, right? 
in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 12 and 13, it says, Since God chose you to be holy, people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. All these things are working together. Remember, as John mentioned last week, these fruits are, are growing together. They're complementing, complementing each other as they grow. But this is an interesting thing. Right after he says this, to be clothed in, in, in patience, he says, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. This is a quality of patience. Remember, uh, this is all building upon each other. This foundation where God's character of patience is so uh, intimately connected with his salvation and forgiveness for us as we show, as he shows patience to us, we also show patience to others as we forgive and as we love and as we bear with one another. So do you want to be more, how many here you want to be more patient? You know, I'm setting you up, but put your hand up anyway, right? You want to be more patient, right? So be filled with the love of God. But if somebody comes across your way tomorrow and is, and gives you a hard time and irritates you and does something and you need to forgive them, that's just God answering your prayer to be more patient. (laughs) Right? If we are filled with the love of God for others, we can be patient. Because you know what the next verse is? Verse 14, you know what verse 14 says? Above all these things. So there's one thing surpassing all these other things. Be clothed with, with all of these things like humility and kindness and mercy and patience. But then he says, above all these things, be clothed, clothe yourself with love because that binds us all together in perfect harmony, right? Remember, all these fruits are working together, right? So you're praying today and saying, Lord, I need to be more patient, right? Well, the Lord might be allowing another difficult situation along your path. But that brings us to the second thing, point B there is that patience is revealed through our endurance in times of trials and sufferings. One person came to, the, uh, to a pastor one day and he said, Pastor, I'm really impatient. Can you pray for me that I would be more patient? And the pastor said, sure. He put his hand on the person's shoulder and he said, Lord, I pray for my brother. Please bring lots of trials and lots of tribulations. And the guy stopped the baby. He said, no, 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 you misunderstood me. I, I, I need patience. I don't need any more trials. I got enough. It's like, yeah, 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 that's what I'm praying for. I'm praying for lots of trials and lots of tribulations. Why? Because tribulations and trials works patience in our life. Romans 5, verse 3 and 4. But we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. This word perseverance can be translated patience in the Greek. It's actually a synonym for that same Greek word that we saw earlier for patience, right? It's a synonym for patience there. So suffering produces patience, right? And perseverance, character, character, hope, right? So the Lord is building patience in us. James 1, verse 2 and 3 says, Consider pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Again, it's the same word that's used uh, there in Romans, but it's a synonym for patience, right? Perseverance. Right? So next time you're facing a trial or a problem, he says here, pure joy, right? So next time a trial or problem or this guy's irritating you, you got to be like Rick Warren, filled with love and joy and just says, Lord, thank you. This guy's producing patience in me. You know, if, if I go on a little late today, you can just be like, Lord, thank you for Daniel preaching a long message because he was producing patience in me. Right? The Lord will be pleased with us when we endure trials, right? When we endure misunderstandings, when we endure sufferings, 
It's not easy. That's why we need the help of the Holy Spirit. That's why this is the fruit of the Spirit. Because as we surrender and yield to the Holy Spirit, this is produced in us. First Peter chapter 2, verse 19 and 20 says, For God is pleased when, conscious of his will, you patiently endure unjust treatment. If you suffer for doing good and endure it patiently, God is pleased with you. When we go through trials and sufferings and difficulties, as we patiently endure, God is pleased with us. Again, we need the help of the Holy Spirit to be able to do this because it's a fruit of the Spirit. So if you feel like you need more patience today, just wait for the next trial. It's around the corner, right? The question still remains, how do we endure? And I think we can endure by seeing the example of the examples of the prophets who waited. There's so many beautiful examples in the Old Testament of prophets who waited on the Lord, right? James 5, verse 10 and 11, we read this this morning. For examples of patience in, in suffering, dear brothers and sisters, look at the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We give great honor to those who endure under suffering. For instance, you know about Job, a man of great endurance, You can see how the Lord was kind to him at the end, for the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. Another version, another translation actually says this. He says, you have heard of the patience of Job. Like it was something of renown, right? You have heard of the patience of of Job, right? Like if you say of a, a famous athlete that was good at something, right? You have heard of the, this famous person or that famous person, they did this famous accomplishment. Well, in one translation it says, you've heard of the patience of Job. He went through so much suffering. He's an example of patience. I don't think we can even comprehend the amount of loss that Job went through, that in one day he lost all of his possessions and all of his children. That's unfathomable. But then after that, to lose your health, that's even another step. But Job was patient. Abraham waited 25 years to have a son. That was a long time. Hebrews 6, verse 15. Then Abraham waited patiently, and he received what God had promised. Moses waited for 40 years in the wilderness till the calling of God came to fruition in his life. But then when he was leading the children of Israel, sadly, because of his impatience in in, in, in hitting that rock instead of speaking to the rock and letting the water come out, because of his impatience, he was not led into the promised land. We can learn from all of these experiences Because in Hebrews it says, imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. The life of Joseph is a beautiful example of patience. How he waited for years and years and years until the dreams that God had given him would be fulfilled. It wasn't easy. It wasn't something that was just happening tomorrow. But he waited years and years and years and years. And finally, after so many years, he saw the fulfillment of those dreams that God had given to him. Paul left an example for Timothy. And we can learn from the people around us as well. We think of George Smith that has gone to be with the Lord on Friday and how he patiently lived this Christian life and served the Lord and taught so many people. He had such a burden for the word of God and had such a burden to share the word of God with others. And we see his life of patience as well. Paul says here, but you, Timothy, certainly know what I teach and how I live And what my purpose in life is. You know, he highlights a few things here. You know my faith, my patience, my love, and my endurance. He talks about patience and he talks about endurance. He says, Timothy, you have seen it in me, so emulate this as well. 
So after seeing all of these things, how can we really um, grow in patience? Can I just leave with you four, four quick things? Through the help of the Holy Spirit, what we can do to really grow in patience and develop patience. So four quick things. Number one, see things from God's perspective. Like Joseph saw things from God's perspective, as we shared about the life of Joseph earlier this year, and that theme verse, do you remember that theme verse, Genesis 50, verse 20? You meant it for evil, but God, you meant it for? For good. I think if we can see things through God's perspective, sufferings and trials and difficulties of life, if we can see it from above instead of from below, we will have a totally different outlook and we can be patient, patient with the promises of God, patient to know that God will fulfill his promises in our life. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse 17 and 18 says, for our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Paul was being very encouraging to the people here. They probably had a ton of problems, but Paul was like, listen, guys, you know, what you're going through is really small. Don't worry about that. But know one thing, that the trials we are going through, they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. This, this beautiful character that God is trying to form in us through the fruit of the Spirit is something beautiful that lasts for all eternity. It's the, the beauty of Jesus' character. It's what's going to be shining in eternity. And God is trying to change us and transform us so that we can you know, shine like the stars as well with the beauty of Christ's character. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. I'd like to see through George's eyes right now. That would be really interesting, right? To see what he's seeing right now in glory, in eternity. I wonder what he's thinking right now about all the trials he went through I think right now he's probably thinking, man, those trials I went through, they were nothing. Look at the glory I'm enjoying right now. That's what Paul is talking about here. Romans 8 says, yet what we suffer now is nothing. Zero. Zilch. Compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. So we patiently endure. The second thing I think that's important is to grow in love. Because love is patient. We talked about love as a fruit of the spirit at the beginning of the series, but it's a very beautiful verse in second, in first Corinthians 13, verse four, love is patient. You know, the interesting thing when Paul starts to define what love is in first Corinthians, do you know the first thing that Paul says love is? Is patient. After that comes kindness, which we're going to talk about next week. But when he says, this is what love is. The first thing on Paul's list is love is patient. Right? So, if you love someone, you will be long-suffering with that person. You will be patient with that person. You will bear with that person. Right? If you're angry or upset with that person, you have no patience with that person at all. Right? If you don't love that person, you're not going to give them the, you know, the, the benefit of the doubt. You're not going to go the extra mile for them. You're not going to do something you know, for them because you don't love them. So, can I encourage you to be filled with the love of God? Be filled with God's love and then we can be patient one with another. The third thing is pray for one another. Paul says in Colossians chapter one and verse 11, speaking to the church, he says, we also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so that you will have all the endurance and patience you need. Paul was praying for the church there and he was asking them, he was asking the Lord, Lord, please help them to have endurance and patience. Can we pray one for another? 
right? Maybe if you see somebody struggling with patience, maybe you can throw up an extra prayer for them, right? And maybe they'll throw up an extra prayer for you as well because we all need more patience. Pray for me, I need more patience, right? And lastly, the worship team can come up, is to wait and trust in God. Wait and trust in God. Easier said than done, right? But look at this beautiful promise in Isaiah. Because remember, God's promises will be fulfilled. But this beautiful promise in Isaiah says, yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. Do you know that? God longs to be gracious to you. Therefore, he will rise up to show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for him. Blessed are all those who wait for him. Psalm 37 verse 7 says, says to wait patiently for him to act. Wait patiently for him to act. At the bottom of your bulletin, you'll see some questions there to check your, your patient quotient. And maybe when you go home, you can read some of those points and try to answer honestly and let them be a springboard for a prayer to the Lord to say, Lord, I'm failing in this area. Lord, I need some help in this area. Lord, I need your Holy Spirit to help me in this area. And maybe we can ask the Lord to help us in that way. I just want to close with, with a, a comparison of two men of God. One, his name is Richard Wormbrand, which you, you might have heard. And another, another person's name is Dietrich Bonhoeffer. The, these two men were both put into prison. Richard Wormbrand was put in prison in Romania for his faith and suffered in prison, was beaten and tortured for 14 years. He wrote a book called Tortured for Christ, and it tells the story of his torture and imprisonment, his loneliness, and how he patiently endured all that he had to go through finally to receive his deliverance. When he was set free, he ended up finally coming to America. He started this organization called Voice of the Martyrs, and they till today champion the cause of those that are being persecuted around the world. Dietrich Bonhoeffer lived in Germany and he spoke up during the Nazi regime. And he, along with others, started something that was called the Confessing Church that spoke up against the, the things that Hitler was trying to do at that time. And because of his faith and because of his confession, he was put into prison. And he wrote a book called The Cost of Discipleship. And it's about that, paying the cost of following Jesus. And he was imprisoned and later he was taken into a concentration camp and he was patiently waiting to be delivered. But on April 9th, 1945, just two weeks before the American soldiers came and liberated that concentration camp, he was executed. He patiently waited, but he died. Richard Wormman patiently waited and he was set free. The point is not the result. The point is the patient waiting. The point is not what the outcome is because God has the final say. What he's doing in us now has a far greater work of glory in eternity, has no comparison to what's going on right now. And so the point is the patient waiting, not so much the result. So I don't know what situation you're here today. I want to just encourage you to wait on the Lord. I want to encourage you to be patient with God. I want to encourage you to be patient with one another. Because as patience grows in us, we learn to wait on the promises of God because he will fulfill his promise. Maybe not in our time and maybe not in our way, but he will fulfill the promises of his word. 
Let's sing to the Lord.